1: That's greenlight.com slash ACAST.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: Hello there friends and family, welcome to episode 25 of the Adoption Chronicles. Today we're talking with Leslie Wheeler who has a very, very interesting story and I guess before we get into any proper introductions, I guess we should go straight to the source and welcome Leslie to the show, welcome.
2: Thank you very much, thank you for having me.
1: My pleasure. Where does your story start, Leslie, and how, um, how does all that unfold?
2: Okay, so it's a little bit of an interesting story. Yep. So my story starts. I was born in 1969 mm-hmm. um, in the Hunter Valley. I was actually kept at the hospital that I was born in until February of
0: 1970.
2: Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a bit of a shock when I found that out.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um,
2: and from there, I was made a ward of the state. Right. Um, and I went to a place in Sydney called My Hostel. Okay. Did you... It was like a like a, a young mothers used to go there uh-huh. um, to have their babies and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I ended up ended up there for a little while.
1: Right. Did you find out why you were in hospital for so long?
2: Um, so when my birth mother, um, gave me up for adoption, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: my birth father, um, wasn't consenting to the adoption at the time. Right. So, um, there was a lot of, um, stuff happening surrounding him in regards to why it took so long for it to all take place. Right. Right. Yeah, so um, my adoptive parents actually fostered me to begin with.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah, that was my next kind of question was you were a ward of the state, but then I guess how long were you a ward of the state for?
2: Well, so I was after I... um, they, after my adoptive parents fostered me, they mm-hmm. got me in May of
0: 1970.
2: Right. Um, but my adoption didn't actually go through until February of
0: 1972.
2: Right. Mm. So my birth father finally signed the consent forms in 71. Yep. And then my um, adoptive parents applied for my adoption pretty much straight away.
1: Right. You must have been a pretty good baby then.
2: Must have been a pretty good baby. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. Maybe I was. Yeah. (laughs) But it was all very, um, very interesting things that I kind of found out along the way. And I guess, too, because I was in the hospital for that long, extended period of time, Mm -hmm. when I um, applied to get my medical records, they were quite extensive. Oh because I was in the hospital for that long. Of course. You know, every to write notes and, Mm. and whatnot. So, you know, I I guess in that aspect to be able to see what was happening throughout my first, you know, few months of life on a day to day basis was quite interesting to read. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Hopefully it was, um, pretty stock standard stuff. They, um, Recorded your temperature and how much yeah, you ate much. Uh, eat and your weight yeah. and all that stuff.
2: And it always said that I was a good baby, so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, so that was always always nice to read and, Yeah. yeah, it was just interesting to, to to kind of see that side of it as well. Hmm.
1: And they would yeah, have taken so. good notes too, I reckon. Sorry. They would have taken good notes too.
2: Oh yes, yes. They were very they were very good notes. Yes. So yeah, so I was um, finally um, officially became adopted. Well, my you know my adoption officially went through in February of nineteen seventy two. Right. So it was quite you know a bit of a bit of a process.
1: Yeah. So there was um I guess it was a good thing that the process happened before you could really remember it. Um.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So. Yeah. Definitely.
1: When you were a um, were you told that you were adopted from a very early age or was that, did that happen mm,
2: later? No, it was kind of something that I stumbled upon. Okay. Um, my mother, mum and dad never really talked about it until um, one of my sister's friends blurted it out. Oh. Um, I was only about, uh, I think I was about nine or ten. Mm-hmm. And I remember vividly running home to mum and mum was in the kitchen, standing at the kitchen sink and I said to her, um, such and such just told me was, I was adopted and she just turned around and she said, well, you are. Wow. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Good-o. Thanks for that. <laughs> and it kind of, to me, you know, I was about 19 at the time, I can't really remember, but, yep. um, you know, I always did, kind of have that feeling of, you know, that sense of not belonging Mm -hmm. and not kind of fitting in like I didn't look like any of my family members because I had two older brothers and an older sister.
0: Yep.
2: Um, And I didn't kind of ever feel like there was that, not the connection, but I just kind of didn't feel like you fit kind of thing. Yep. Um, I I guess most adoptive people would feel would have felt that at some stage in their life but um yeah yeah. i um it was just um yeah it was just weird but i didn't i never really kind of had a great relationship with my adoptive mother okay um but a really really close relationship with my dad right like extremely close
1: yeah. So how did you um how did you feel like when you got told that information? Um
2: yeah, it was pretty pretty awful. Like I I just really felt almost like I wanted to run away and then I went through that bit of rebellious stage, you know, well, you're not my mother, so it doesn't matter and mm-hmm. you don't love me and you know, that whole that whole stage, I don't think it lasted too long. Mm-hmm. Might have packed my bags and went and sat out to the front under the tree for a, <laughs> for a few hours. Yeah, you know what I mean, like as you do it at that age, and you get that that in your head. But yeah, um, yeah it was it was pretty it was was not the best way to find out. Mm. Um, I wish it had been different. Obviously, I wish it. You know, they could have sat me down and and discussed it yeah. a bit more. But my mother never talked about my adoption. Very rarely did right. she, she she speak of it,
1: and that was the same after that as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. She never really acknowledged it. She just didn't. It was just kind of swept under the carpet, right? You know, no big deal. Just move on with move on with things.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. After you found out, uh, did yeah. you have any uh, thoughts or? Or dreams, or uh, not so—and they're the wrong terms, but uh, fantasies about what may have happened if you weren't adopted.
2: Oh, all the time. Yeah, all the time. I used to, you know, I'd, you know think, I wonder what, you know, my birth family was like. Yeah. You know what kind of family would I have been living in? you know, what kind of life would I have had, how different it would have been to the one that I've got.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you
2: know, nothing untowards my adoptive family. I had a great, I had a great family life. Yeah. I was well looked after. I was well loved, you yeah. know, never really treated any differently to the other children in the family. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you do, you have that fantasy of I used to think, oh, does she live in a big mansion yeah. up in Sydney somewhere? Or yep. you know, yeah, something. Yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Always had that yep. that feelings. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So yeah,
1: and
0: just
1: uh, so I guess you were uh, about 21, 22, I suppose, when the laws changed for the. Adoption process or the birth certificates to be released and uh, possible contact. Uh, So, yeah, tell us about that.
2: When, um, when the the vetoes come in to play, Mm -hmm. I was I was much younger, um, and I do recall my mother um, giving me because it used to I thought it cost around about fifty dollars or something. You could go and put a veto on so that your Biological family couldn't find you, uh-huh. and I vividly remember my mother dropping me off and giving me the money, and she dropped me off outside of the Department of Community Services to go in and do it. And wow. off she went, and after she drove off, I hightailed it. Yeah, right. <laughs> because I was like, I didn't want to do it because I thought, well, if I do that, mm. and my birth mother tries to find me, she's not going to be able to find me, and. I really, really wanted her to find me. Right. I wanted her. I wanted her to be the one to do it because I knew I couldn't go to Mum and ask Mum how to do it. Yeah. Hence, why I waited until I was much older and I was in my thirties yep. before I started the search process. Right. Hmm. And you know, when I did finally tell mum that's what I was doing she got quite upset with me
1: okay even Mm. when you were 30 odd
2: yep yeah right yeah she couldn't believe that I was doing it she didn't think that I would I would go down that path
1: right did she explain why she was upset
2: no she never did my mum was never one very very good at explaining things and right um So, no, she never explained it. Um, And I guess she had that fear that she may was going to lose me. Yeah. Um, Even though that was never my intention and Mm. I made that very clear to Mm. her that that would not be my intention. I just wanted to know where I come from. Yeah.
1: I think that's um, a bit of a common thread as well. Um,
2: And I just wanted to look like somebody. mm. I wanted to have that sense of belonging somewhere. Yeah. which I never felt that I had growing up. Right. So for me I needed to do that for myself. Yep. for that that part of my life that I got to and and having children myself um and I didn't feel that my children really looked like me. They more looked like my husband's side of the family and Right. You know, and people would say, oh, you know, your son looks so much like your dad. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, he doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like, I think that's just the thing that people come out with at times because they've got nothing else to say or or whatever. Yeah. But the main thing I wanted to find my birth family for was to have that sense of belonging.
1: Yeah. So So,
2: you started
1: the search then?
2: Yeah, I started the search, yep. That was in your 30s,
1: and how did that go?
2: Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I, um, you know, I applied for the supply authority and done all of that and then um, applied for my uh, original birth certificate. Yep. And when I got my original birth certificate, I found out that I had three other siblings. Wow. And we all had the same mum and the same dad. Wow. Yeah. So that was pretty hard to yeah. take. Yeah. Um, and when I rang my adoptive mum to tell her I got my birth certificate today, I said, you'll never guess what. I've got brothers and sisters. And she was like, yeah, I know. Oh. And I was like, oh, wow.
1: Thanks for telling me.
2: Probably, you probably could have told me that. just yeah. saved me the shock of opening up this mail here and Seeing that, you know, pop out at me. Yeah. So that was pretty, um, yeah, that was a real whirlwind. That yeah. was a real, yeah. So I then went down the path of searching out and finding my birth mother and wrote her a letter and sent it off. And yep. uh, a couple of months later, I got a reply ah. um, from my biological sister, actually, wrote the letter back to me because. Right. There had been a little bit of turmoil in the family, so... Right. Um,
1: was that caused the by the
2: mother... letter? No, 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 not at all. Right. Um, yeah, there was um, something else going on in the family, so um my birth sister responded to me, and, yeah, so it took a little while to finally meet mm-hmm. my birth mother, um, but I think I met her when I was... I met her in, um, I think it was about 2006 okay. I met her. Yep. Yeah, so it was, it was a nice reunion. It wasn't how I pictured it in my head, though. You know, like I pictured meeting her in a park and, yeah. you know, running up with open arms uh-huh. and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But it was completely the opposite. It was very sort of, um, very low-key, Kind of. Yep. You know, for her that would have been a difficult time in her life as well. Meeting her biological daughter for the first time and yeah. and what have what have you. So that was probably you know quite a difficult thing for her. But I always it was never my intention to set out and cause any kind of upset to anybody. No. Um or anything within anybody's family, because if that was the case and if that was happening, I was more than prepared to walk away and just leave it. I just didn't want to do that. So anyway, it it didn't go too bad. Like there was, you know, after that we didn't really have a lot to do with each other for a while. And Mm -hmm. then we, you know, it was kind of on and off sort of a relationship, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah.
2: It wasn't, um, you know... We we talk we still talk today, but not very often. Right. So, um, but probably the best thing that came out of my whole situation is my biological sister. Yep. Um, we didn't really connect to begin with. I don't think either of us were ready. Okay. It was. You know, I didn't, I didn't feel ready. She definitely wasn't ready. I guess she had a lot of, you know, I don't know what you'd say. Well, I guess the statement
1: I kind of think about, about that is how could you possibly be ready ever?
2: Exactly. And you know, like she was, she's only 16 months older than me. Right. So we're very close in age.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but now, probably the last four years, yep. um, we're literally inseparable. Okay. We just have the best relationship. It's like we've never been apart. Yeah, right. It's most insane feeling. She's so much like me in so many different ways. We look the same, just our likes, our dislikes. You know, I could go to a restaurant and I could order her dinner and she'd love it.
0: Yeah, right. Because
2: we've so, that's how similar we are. And to actually have that person now that you can connect with in that way is really kind of, it's really special. And um, I remember. We were standing in a coffee shop one day and we were just ordering coffee and this older gentleman walked in and he ordered his coffee and he stood there and he was looking at at myself and my sister and he said, oh, you can't half tell, you pair of sisters. Hmm. And it's just like that moment where that gentleman doesn't know what that meant to either of us to, to, to hear that. Yeah, you know, because I've never ever had that in my whole entire life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I looked like somebody, and to finally have that is just—it's crazy. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. But yeah, so um, it's just yeah, it's a very emo- very emotional a very emotional ride.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Mm, definitely.
1: And how are you with your other? Have you got brothers and sisters or just sisters?
2: Um, no, I've got um, in my adoptive family, I've got a brother, yep. a two brothers three, and a sister. Right. And they're all um, my adoptive sister. She's under the, she's just like, you know, any sister of yours is a sister of mine. Cool. They haven't actually met yet. Right. Um they were meant to meet and then COVID hit Uh and we had all that upheaval and all of that. So they haven't actually met each other yet, but, um, you know, they're very keen to do so, which is, which is really, Um, and my brothers, um, yeah, they're completely fine with it. You know, whatever you want to do, you do, you know, they, they just go, go with it. They're more than happy for it. They're, they're happy for me.
1: Yeah. Are they adopted as well or are they? No,
2: no. No, no, no. None of them were adopted either. I was the only one. Right. Okay. <laughs> on, bo- on both sides. So, and, you know, the reason I was adopted because my birth mother had separated from my birth father uh-huh. um, and she was living with her parents at the time and they lived in a very small home. And she already had the other three children, and she just didn't have the heart to ask them to bring another child into the family.
1: Oh, okay, right.
2: So, yeah, that's that's how that um, how that played out, I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess four kids in a small house is um, it's going to take a toll on their relationship yeah. too, I suppose.
2: And it was. And it was a very small house. It was like one of those houses that was divided down the middle. Right. So, yeah, it was very small. Um, I did actually get to go there just before my grandmother passed away. Well, Mm. actually, when she did pass away. Yep. Um, My biological grandmother, I got to meet her about half an hour before she passed away. Oh,
0: wow.
2: Yeah. So that was, you know, it was sad, disappointing that I didn't get to spend... More time with her, but yeah, um, you know, I at least I got to, I got to meet her, yeah, and see her and and whatnot. So that was that was a really nice thing to to be honest. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I guess it doesn't matter uh, in the time as long as it happens, and you
0: know.
2: Well, you know, it was something that we had been trying to. My birth mother was, you know, trying to aim for it, but. She was having difficulties in, yep. um, you know, telling her that I had found them. Ah. Um, I don't know. I think she just found it really hard. And look, I understand how hard it must be for her.
0: Yeah.
2: And I, my hat, I take my hat off to her for doing what she did. Mm. Um, you know, she did it for me to give me a better life because she didn't think she could give me the life that I should have had. And yep. I really thank her for doing that. Like, I have nothing but nothing but praise for her for for doing what she did.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, that must be the hardest decision for a parent ever to make.
2: Oh, I couldn't even imagine doing yeah. it, you know, As, having kids myself.
1: Yeah. Um, like, we sometimes get a bit... Uh, not self-centred but we can we concentrate on our own story as adopted children mm-hmm. and sometimes we have a view on our birth parents that potentially is not fair until we meet them and we find out mm-hmm. their story and why or or some of the things that were going on in their life that helped form their decision and then you think about it a little bit and it I can't comprehend having to make that decision. So,
0: yeah. No,
2: and that's exactly right. Like you just can't even imagine um, what it would be like to make that decision. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't. I couldn't do it myself. Well. Um.
1: Yeah, and you would say ninety-eight percent of those decisions are made with the best interest at heart.
2: That's exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and I know she, and I know there's that stigma attached to mm. the whole adoption process back in the day, as they mm-hmm. say it, and, mm-hmm. and what have you. And, um, you know, and I know she still, she carries that burden and that saddens me that she carries that. Yeah. Because I, I don't wish wish that for her. I want her to know that what she did for me was a good thing and, and I appreciate it wholeheartedly, what she done. Yeah. Um, you know, like, would I have liked to have grown up with my biological family? Of course I would have, like mm. anybody would, but the circumstances weren't there and I wasn't able to do that. So she made the best decision she had at the time. Yeah. You know, she made the choice at the time to do what she thought was best and she did that and it's turned out fine, you know, yeah, it's turned out good. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I recall one day when I was actually with her and she introduced me to a neighbour or someone who lived nearby and she introduced me as a friend. Oh. And, you know, when I mentioned that to my my biological sister, she was like, oh, and she was quite shocked. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like the stigma that's attached to someone yeah. that's giving a child up for adoption can be... People and especially older, the older generation Mm. can be quite hard. Yeah in their judgment. Yep. So, you know, I was okay with she introduced me as her friend because I am her friend. Yeah. You know, like I I consider myself her friend. Yeah. Like I was I was quite okay with that. But, you know, some people thought oh, you know, people think, Oh, that's a bit but it's not like yeah. That's how she deals with it and it's the stigma and surrounding it. So um yeah, I was quite okay with that.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh that's good. Mm. Because yeah, she's so yes. Protecting herself there as well.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. And you know, she's probably had to put that wall up for for years and Yeah. I can't I can't imagine how yeah, I just can't but I, I just you know and I tell I've told her many times, you know, I do not hold any ill feelings towards her whatsoever. Like mm-hmm. I just, I just don't. I don't have it in me to do that anyway. But I just don't. Like I, I get it, and I get why she done it, and I'm thankful for her doing it. So yeah.
1: Cool.
2: Mm. Yeah. So it was quite a bit of a, yeah, bit of a, bit of a ride. But yeah, I rode it, and I had a lot of um, support and help from. Um, park Yep. the post adoption resource center yeah i had yep. a lot of um support from them back in the early days and um had they had some really good counselors and 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 things and we used to have a um in the hometown that i live in currently we had a a support group yep um so we used to meet once a month and it was you know adoptees and birth mothers and and whatnot and um that was super helpful, mm-hmm. um, getting through those initial periods and, and whatnot. So that was, that was um, yeah, really helpful to have those, those things at hand.
1: Yeah, and they have good facilitators there that can, uh, I guess, negotiate some of the rocky waters that would be brought up in those meetings.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, they helped you you know you could call them at any time and say well this has happened and they would give you good tips and ideas on how to navigate that next process yeah okay so very very helpful
1: and you're in new south wales
2: yes yes yep. i am
1: yep cool so yeah, yeah
2: so um you know it was um they were they were really good and um they made the process a lot easier yeah. and having to try and do it by yourself that's for sure
1: yeah and when we do it by ourselves we tend to make a lot of mistakes
2: yeah that's right exactly yeah. and that, I guess <laughs> and that you can from... and you can get caught up in it too you know yeah you can get quite caught up in the emotions of it and whatnot and that's why if you've got someone like that in your mm. corner mm-hmm. um, they kind of twist it back around the other way and they get you to look at it at a a different angle and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, that's right, (laughs) you know. So, yes, it does does help a lot.
1: Yeah, because those emotions are, you know, part of the fabric that makes us who we are. It's not like just something that happened last week or yesterday. It's, It's part of who we are.
2: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. but it is exactly part of who we are and I think sometimes we tend to be we can get a bit more emotional than what we should at, at mm. times and mm-hmm. get a bit carried away with it. But um when you've got that support and you know, I I had other support as well. I had I had counsel like I was going to a counselor myself and you know, trying to navigate with them as as well, which was extremely helpful. I had a very supportive husband, which makes a huge difference as well. Yeah. Um. Not that he ever really said a lot, but you don't have to say a lot. No. You know, just knowing that you've got that shoulder to lean on. Yeah. And, you know, my kids were a lot younger when I started to do it. And even today, my kids... Probably don't know a lot about my adoption because, you know, I guess I just, I've really, you know, that, that of course they know I'm adopted and they've, they, I've told them bits and pieces, but I've never really sat down with them and and told them a huge amount. Yep. Um. So, they'll be listening to the podcast.
1: <laughs> with um, yeah. Keen at ear, I imagine.
2: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and you know they're they're good, supportive children too. So yeah, you know Excellent. that makes makes a difference as well. Yeah, but yeah.
1: Um, and having conversations about my adoption with my children, I sometimes get the feeling that they get a bit—I don't know—not not embarrassed, but they feel a bit probey, like they don't want to probe me too much. And I say to them, if want to know something just ask um Mm, i'm happy mm. to tell and some some of the conversations will walk away going well they could have asked a bit more or at the time or how they feel at the time they got enough i suppose so i guess it's yeah evolution with our kids too
2: and that's true because i kind of feel the same with with my kids like different things and even still today, they don't tend to um, push or ask too many questions about it. Yeah, They're happy with what of have said mm-hmm. and then they don't go into too much more detail about it. And I kind of think, yeah. oh, well, you probably could have asked, yeah, exactly that a bit more. But I guess they're happy with what they, yeah. with what they know. So, it, yeah.
1: It kind of feels like it's a question that they've been asking themselves for a while. And, mm. oh, Dad, what about this? What happened there? And you give the answer to that particular question and they're like, okay, cool. And then they go back to doing whatever they were doing.
2: Yes, that's <laughs> right. They're happy to toddle yeah. and, off and do whatever. Yeah. yeah, I feel my children are, are exactly the same. They've never really probed me too much about yeah. my adoption. Yeah, And I guess, too, I'm, I don't like to dwell on that fact either no. um, about being adopted and whatever no. because there is nothing to dwell on really no, there isn't. No. Um, and I do feel happy and content with life and yeah. I feel that I've had a I feel like I've had a, a fairly a fairly good life and um, you know I've got a good husband and I've got two amazing children that I'm so very proud of and mm-hmm. um, you know I've got along well with my adoptive family and now I'm having this amazing relationship with my biological family. So, you know, I feel that it's really nothing to kind of dwell on, if you know what I mean. Yeah,
1: yep, absolutely.
2: Hmm. And So, you know, there's good and bad in all of it, I guess.
1: There is, absolutely. And like I say, uh, it's a part of who we are. It's not... Mm. All of who we are.
2: That's right. Exactly. Yes, it's just that small part. Yeah. Of who of who we are. It's it doesn't define us as the people that we are today.
1: Hundred percent.
2: Mm, definitely.
1: All right, Leslie. Thank you for being so generous with your time. Um, oh, thank you so much. If you have any advice that you'd like to give, whether it be to another adopted person. Or even your kids or my kids or the children of adopted people have what advice would you have to give?
2: I just I just think someone who's, you know, maybe newly searching or um you know, you just don't force it. Yeah. Just be just go with the flow. And you know, if it doesn't happen the first time around maybe you're not ready or maybe they're not ready. You know, I know for me, it didn't happen that well for me the first time around with my birth family. Mm -hmm. But after time, it just became natural. And I think with, you know, like for the kids and, 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 um, and whatnot, like you said, it doesn't define who we are. It's a part of who we are, but it's not all of who we are.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And, it's just you know not everybody's story is going to be wonderful and amazing and it's not everything that you see on these tv shows and it's far from it yeah it's the biggest roller coaster ride that you'll ever get on
1: it really is
2: to to be honest it it is an absolute roller coaster of a ride but for some people it's worth the journey and for others it might you know unearth things that they don't want to know, but it's, it's, it's how it is. Yeah. It's the life.
1: It's the truth.
2: Yeah, that's right. It's the truth. But first and foremost is I just think that you don't need to force it. It just, you've just got to let it come naturally. And if it doesn't come naturally the first time around, you just have to walk away and let it go and come back to it, revisit it in a few years time. And you know, things could be very different. People just have to be ready for that initial consultation, meeting, whatever you want to call it, that reunion. Yep. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that you can't prepare for as well, isn't
2: it? No, that's right. You just you can't prepare for it. You never know what it's gonna be like. It's like I said, it's a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> you absolutely. just don't know what you what you're gonna get. So yeah.
1: Yep. No, fantastic. Um, yeah, so thanks again for your time today. You've been very generous, and all the best for for the future with your kids, with uh, your um, your birth mother, and your sister and sisters and brothers and everything. So, yeah,
2: yes, <laughs> it's all all fun.
1: Absolutely, no worries. Wonderful. Thanks, thanks Leslie. so much
2: for your time. Thank Cheers.
0: You.
1: Thank you. That was Leslie Wheeler, episode 25 of the Adoption Chronicles. As always, if um, the post-adoption resource centres are there to help, um, there's also a few Facebook groups out there that can help. Uh, And as always, if you want to tell us your story, drop us a message and I'm happy to help you tell your story. And until next week, bye for now.